The following shiur is delivered by Rabbi Mordechai Lebhar, Rosh Kolel at Link of Los Angeles. For more information or shiurim, please visit vshc.org or call 1-844-200-TSHC. That's 1-844-200-8742. In Parashat Kitisa, it's written on the Pasuk, Veshamiru b'nei Yisrael et ha-Shabbat La'asot et ha-Shabbat L'dorotam berit olam B'nei Yisrael she'keep Shabbat For generations B'ni u'ben b'nei Yisrael Oti le'olam It's between me and b'nei Yisrael Oti le'olam Ki sheshet yamim asadonai t'ashamayim Ve'et ha'aretz U'bayom ha-shevi'i Shabbat v'ayinafash The Pasuk says Olam, the first Pasuk talks about Olam with a Vav, and the next Pasuk, when it mentions Olam, it's without a Vav. Why? So it's written in Masechet Shabbat, Dav Samech Tet Amud Bet. Amar Huna, somebody was walking in a desert, and he doesn't know when Shabbat is. He counts six days, and he keeps one day. Chiyabarav says, he keeps one day and then he counts six. Rav Huna says he should keep six and then one day because that's how the world was created. The Shulchan Aruch in Siman Shin Dalid Mem, Sif Aleph, writes that the Halacha is like Rav Huna. And if somebody's walking in a desert, somebody has no idea when Shabbat is, he should count six days and on the seventh day, he should make Kiddush and Havdalah. Now, <clears throat> the Sefer Likutim Yikarim from Rabbi Yisrael David Miller, which was printed at the end of the Sefer Sa'arat Eliyahu to Rabbi Avram, the son of the Gaon Mivilna, says that this is the Remez in the Pasuk, because the first Pasuk tells us with Olam, and the next Pasuk tells us Le Olam without a Vav. And Le Olam is coming to tell you that sometimes uh, Shabbat could be hidden. And when Shabbat is hidden, you still have to start six days, and then, so when the Pasuk says, what is missing, it's coming to tell you for six days, there is, there will be, it will be, you will count, because it's, and it's, that's what Olam means, sometimes Shabbat is hidden, and then Shabbat Vainavish, then you should, you should keep Shabbat. So the opinion of Rav Huna, which is the Halacha and the Shulchan Aruch, is hinted in these Pesukim. The Bi'ur Halacha in Siman Shin Dalid Mem, questions, and he writes that this should also be the case if you don't know what month you're in. Uh, it's hard to imagine nowadays with all the technology that we have, but if a person doesn't know what month he's in, and uh, and and he is not sure when is Rosh Chodesh or the like. Says the says the says the Biur It should be the same thing. He should start counting from Nisan, and uh, and he should start he should start counting until until he gets to the holidays and. He has to be noeg b'safek kedusha until he knows when the days are yamim tovim. Now the Sefer Pardes Yosef asks on the Gaon Mivilna, 
on this, on this, uh, on, on this, uh, on this, uh, biur halacha. Because based on what we were saying beforehand, that Shabbat, you have to, you have to count six days and then the seventh, there is another question. Why should you keep Shabbat at all? Hare, you usually have a principle of going after the majority. And uh, just like kol de parish meruba parish, you go according to achre rabim de hatot, that anything that you don't know, you go according to the majority. Over here too, you're going to the majority. The answer is, is that we have another rule. And this rule is kol kavua kemechza umechza dami. That any time something is stable in its place, it's considered half-half. And therefore, says the Sefer Pardes Yosef, it could very well be that Shabbat is Kavua Vikaimi, since you have seven days of the week, and Shabbat is one of those days of the week. So it's considered, if you have a Safek, it's considered that, it, since you are not sure, you have to be Machmir and keep Shabbat, and you'll keep it for the seventh day. But the holidays are not Kavua, they're dependent on Beddin that, that are Mikadesh the Chodesh. And since they are dependent, that, 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 that they are Mikadesh the Chodesh is not dependent upon you, there's no Kavua, so you would go according to the majority, and it could be that you could even eat Chametz all year round according to this, because you won't know when the holidays are. It's an unbelievable, uh, it's an unbelievable perspective that, that Shabbat is Kavua. And in truth, once we are speaking about this halacha of kal kavua, it's a phenomenal halacha that is relevant in so many areas. So I'm just going to expand on explaining what exactly it is this halacha of kol kavua, kemechza, umechza dami. And its source is written in many places in Shas. In Masechet Zvachim Dafayin Gimel, in Daf Ketubot, in Masechet Ketubot Daf Tetvav, it's written in Nazir, Daf Yud Bet, it's written in, um, it's written in Masechet Chulin in a few places. And the, and the concept is the following. That, although, kol de parish meruba parish, nevertheless there are going to be instances where you don't evoke the principle of the majority. And the Gemara in Kitubat, Kitubat explains this from a pasuk of vikam ve'arevlo, when a person tries to kill someone else, so, um, so the Gemara goes through a whole extrapolation to say that if you have, um, nine Jews on one side of the fence and one non-Jew, and you're only liable chayav mita when you kill a Jew, uh, obviously, you're never supposed to kill anyone, but you're only chayav mita in in that circumstance and you on on the other side of the fence you throw a rock and it killed someone and you don't know who it killed so the Gemara says is that since you have a non-Jew there so it's not that you for sure kill the Jew that you go according to the majority because there are nine, nine Jews since there's one non-Jew there it makes it kavua it makes it half-half and you're exempt from the capital punishment now the interesting uh, thing you see from Kavua is that it's learned from a Pasuk. From here, the Shach in Yoredea, uh, Siman Kufyud, says that Kavua is learned from a Pasuk. And it seems to be that it's a Gzirat katuv. It's not logical per se, it's a, it's a Gzirat katuv. And if it's a Gzirat katuv, if it's something that's written, then it really will depend uh, in the ramifications 
where this plays itself out. And really this principle of, of kol de parish beruba parish is applicable in kashrut. It's applicable regarding buying fruits, knowing if they're from Eretz Yisrael and Rumutu Masrat or Orla was taken off, as we'll see in a moment. It's relevant in Choshen Mishpat when somebody got money stolen and we don't know whose money it was. In, in Choshen Mishpat, Sibat Resh Tzadibet, do we go after Parish or Kavua? Uh, and it's, it's relevant here and even Shabbat, as we said, if somebody doesn't know when to keep Shabbat. So the, 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 the application that I want to give, especially since it's the year of Shemitah, and it's very relevant. If somebody walks into a non-Jewish store, a non-kosher store in America, and he buys fruits, and he doesn't know whether those fruits are from Eretz Yisrael or not. So the principle would be that he's able to rely on the Rov. Kol de Parish Meruba Parish. And right now he's in a situation that there's, that, that it's Rov. So he should be allowed to eat it. But people get confused because they say, well, on the other hand, if there's always fruits from Eretz Yisrael in the store, so it's called Kavua. So when does Kavua apply? When does Kol de Parish apply? So the simple answer, it's a very complicated question, but the simple answer would be the following. The, the Gemara says, if you have uh, 10 stores, nine of them are selling uh, kosher meat and one of them is selling non-kosher meat. And the Gemara says like this, Nimtza, if you find, if you find meat on the floor, so then, you evoke the principle of called it parish meruba parish. If it's not nimza but lakach, but you took, but you took the meat, which means that you went into a store and you took it. So then you took it from a place of kavua. Then you evoke the principle of kol kavua kemechzadami, and that meat would be forbidden to be eaten. I'm simplifying it tremendously. There are many different details. But, uh, but, but we are, we are just trying to understand the concept of kol de parish merube parish and kol kavua kemechza mechzadam. So therefore, when somebody walks into a store and he doesn't know where the fruits are from, so he has the suffix now. So by him, it's like he found the fruits on the floor. He found the meat. So here he found the fruits and he'd be able to eat. That would be fine and dandy. However, the Gdolim in Eretz Yisrael had a big discussion regarding fruits of Orla. The way that, uh, the way that, 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 um, that groves and, uh, and, and fields are, are, um, are, are cultivated was that you have sometimes old trees that you cut and you have to plant new ones. Those new ones produce fruits that within three years, for the first three years are forbidden. Now if you have orchards that some people don't know where those are, which, which fruits are orla or not orla, you would say it doesn't matter. Most fruits are okay and that's fine. However, if it's in a field and you know that there are, there are certain fruits there and now you took from that field, so then you have a situation of kol kavua now, what are you going to tell me that it's, he found the fruits he doesn't know and it's just like he found the fruits in the non-Jewish market? Over here is different because over here is coming from Eretz Yisrael and it's Jews who took it from the field and by them, 
the laws of kavua kumechza umechza dami apply, and therefore by them we should say that they had a problem of kavua. So by us it's also forbidden. Rebetzino Bashaul in Shuvot Or Litzion Chelik Alef Siman Yud Zayin deals with this. Rav Ovadia Yosef and Yabiomer Chelik Vav Yuridea Siman Chavdalid deals with this, as well as the Sefer Minchat Shlomo Siman Ayin Alef of Ot Yud Bet from Rav Shlomo Zalman Orbach, and they all discuss whether by a non-religious Jew the laws of Kavua apply also, and they say simply, why shouldn't it apply? He is commanded in the halachot. A non-Jew, it might not apply because he is not commanded in those halachot. Which that itself is a fascinating subject because let's say it's halachot that non-Jews have relevance to, like stealing. So that's what the Ksota Choshen discusses. Maybe by them the laws of Kavua would apply. Different subject. However, over here, by a Jew, definitely the laws of Kavua would apply. And therefore, if a person walks into a store in Israel, and he wants to buy the fruits, and it's a non-religious store. He will say, "Well, most of it's not the year of Shemitah. It's the year of Shemitah it could be that most of the fruits are from Shemitah or from Heter Mechira. If he doesn't follow Heter Mechira, so that would be a problem. But if it's a non-Shemitah year, you would say that he's allowed to come in because pro- he's allowed to buy the fruits because probably it's coming to the majority that it's not Orla trees." And, uh, and, and he's going to say that, uh, he'll take off ma'asir on his own, and, uh, and that's it. But on the other hand, if we say that there's this principle of kavua kumerzo dami, these posts can point out that most of the fruits, that, that even though the, the most of the fruits, most of the fruits are not orla, but some of the fruits are, so that makes it kavua, and that would be a big problem to a point that Rabbi Zinu Bashol says it's a serious issue, and it could be you have a sveik sveika that says it's permitted, could be not, but where it's possible, it's better to know where the fruits come from. That if a person walks into a store that doesn't have a heksher in Israel, and he buys fruits, he's in trouble. In chutzlaaretz, it's a little bit easier. And they have all types of fake fakes to say, well, first of all, it could be that it's, uh, it, that, 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 that there's no fruits there. It's coming from different places. And, 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 and it could be that it's, it's like Nimsa because it's a non-Jewish owner. That's much easier. Uh, you don't have to worry that the owner is a CEO. So that would be the, you know, to, to avoid confusion. If one walks into a store in Israel that has no Hechsher, it's better to find out uh, uh, it's better to find out, um, um, to make sure to, if he wants to buy those fruits, there is what to rely on if he buys them, but it's definitely better to buy a place that has a hechsher because of this suffix of kavua. There's a place in America, he has much more room to rely on and not worry, unless he really knows this store always sells Israeli produce, and it's Israeli produce without a hechsher, then you have to start relying on other other tzirufim, other other reasons to be lenient. So obviously everybody should ask their their rav, but I'm just bringing up this point that um, that this concept of kol parish meruba parish it applies regarding fruits. It, reg- it also applies regarding uh, regarding kashrut. I mean, you 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 go to you you go buy something and you don't know if it's uh, you, you you most places that sell this is kosher. There's no identification on it. So, uh, you know, usually meat is not so relevant nowadays because we don't usually, meat is always packaged and you know it's kosher. But let's say an item that comes up that way, 
and uh, and you found it or you bought it from a non-Jew, it would be allowed. If you buy it by a Jew, since by him he took it from a place that he knows that one of those places might not be kosher, and he is not sure, in other words, if he's sure he bought it kosher, he's sure he bought it kosher, but he's not sure where he bought it from, and it could be one of the places that's not kosher, he will have a problem of kavua, thus you will have that problem. So this is where a person should be aware of these fascinating halachot of kol kavua, kumechza, umechza dami, apply and to when to incorporate them. Everyone should have a wonderful week. This audio series has been brought to you by the Sephardic Halakha Center. The center is committed to advancing research and application of halakha in the Sephardic community nationwide. For a halakhic consultation, monetary beddin services, to order this series or to sign up to receive the Sephardic Halakha Journal, or for all other information, please call one 200 T-S-H-C or email info at the shc.org to subscribe.